This is Against All Enemies, a show about threats to American democracy. Political violence is on the rise. An alarming percentage of Americans believe they may have to take up arms against their neighbors. Some are already doing so. Against All Enemies highlights the activities of extremist organizations and their enablers. Our goal is to educate, not to alarm. The threats are real. But if we know what we are up against, together we can beat them. Okay, so that's two Republican state senators in Missouri with flamethrowers in a video that went viral this week. But as one of the senators, Republican gubernatorial candidate Bill Eigel told the Kansas City Star, he was only figuratively burning books. He wasn't literally burning them. Well, not yet. Quote, in the video, I am taking a flamethrower to cardboard boxes representing what I'm going to do to the leftist policies and rhino corruption of the Jefferson City swamp. He then added, quote, let's be clear. You bring those woke pornographic books to Missouri schools to try to brainwash our kids, and I'll burn those too on the front lawn of the governor's mansion. Okay, then. It's Ken Harbaugh with Against All Enemies on the Midas Touch Network. Today, I've got Dr. Amanda Weinstein, host of the Suburban Women Problem podcast, back on the show to talk about the dramatic surge in book bans around the country. Don't be fooled. These aren't about giving parents the ability to choose what their kids can and can't read. That's the lie that groups like Moms for Liberty hide behind. What's really happening is that a vanishingly small minority of reactionaries are trying to impose their retrograde worldview on everyone else. So maybe thousands of books are being targeted by what the American Library Association calls a growing, well-organized conservative political movement, the goals of which include removing books about race, history, gender identity, sexuality, and reproductive health from America's public and school libraries. And maybe one Republican is vowing to set books on fire on the lawn of his governor's mansion, but it's not like other Republicans in other states are legislating with that in mind, are they? Let's say you take these books out of the library. What are you going to do with them? You're going to put them in the street, light them on fire. What you, where, where are they going? Representative Sexton. I don't have a clue, but I would burn them. One of the problems with this kind of extremism is that it spills over. The damage isn't limited to a handful of super conservative school districts in red states. When teachers and librarians are targeted for giving students, along with their parents, an expansive choice in what to read, those attacks have a chilling effect. Educators everywhere are on alert. The latest victim is Scholastic, the much-loved provider of books to millions of young readers. Because of pressure from extremist groups and because of enacted laws that would make criminals of educators who provide some of the books in Scholastic's catalog, Scholastic has curated a separate selection of books that deal with these supposedly controversial topics. As reported by The Guardian, this list of segregated titles includes... Biographies of the Supreme Court Justice Ketanji Brown Jackson and the civil rights icon John Lewis, the picture book Change Things by the poet Amanda Gorman, The Storyteller, a middle grade novel about a Cherokee boy, and the disability positive titles You Are Enough and You Are Loved. I knew I needed help with this one, so Amanda Weinstein is here to help break it down. Amanda, great to have you back. That clip we just played at the top 
of the show gets at something I think you anticipated in one of our earlier conversations. I didn't see it going this far. I never anticipated Scholastic, of all institutions, caving to the the chilling effect that these laws are having in this environment. But but it's happened. Before we get into the the analysis, can you share with us your memories of Scholastic and what it meant to you growing up? I remember getting those thin paper catalogs and it was like Christmas. I I, I don't remember (laughs) exactly (laughs) what spurned my love of reading, but it probably had something to do with it. And I know for a fact it has had that effect on many kids around the country And now they are creating this separate but equal framework. Absolutely. Just like you, I remember it being like Christmas. I remember seeing the options and just thinking it was limitless. Like there was so much out there. It made my world feel so big just to see about all of the choices that were out there and that I got to make that choice. It was amazing. I loved it. And seeing Scholastic have this, choice of whether or not to include books based on race or LGBTQ put in a separate section uh, as something different, right? Something to be considered. And it's not just for the red states, right? This is something every librarian, every school has to answer to. Do you want this separate section? Yes or no? Scholastic has explained its decision and I'm I'm trying to be sympathetic because they have to follow the law, right? And there are 50 different frameworks, possibly even more when you get down to the county level. And in a press release, they said that these laws create an almost impossible dilemma. Back away from these titles, meaning don't provide them at all, or risk making teachers, mm-hmm. librarians, and volunteers vulnerable to being fired, sued, or prosecuted. Talk about the chilling effect of a law that doesn't explicitly tell Scholastic it has to do something a certain way, but has the effect of instilling fear in decision makers at places like Scholastic. Absolutely. So we saw a teacher in Georgia fired for reading a book that she said she bought at a Scholastic book fair. This is putting their business and their entire model at risk because of the laws enacted by a minority of legislators who are listening to an extreme minority of people who don't want a fair representation of what our world actually looks like. And what our world actually looks like is that it is a big and diverse place. And they somehow think by banning books on race or LGBTQ that they can make it just stop existing and stop being out there. But they're living in a fantasy world. You can ban all the books on race. There are still people of various colors out there. You can ban all the books that say gay, even someone with the last name of gay, and there will still be gay people out there. Talk about that extreme minority. We've covered it before, but for those who haven't heard your breakdown of this, explain that that one statistic in particular about the 60% of book bans being initiated mm-hmm. by how many members of Moms for Liberty? 11 people are responsible for 60% of the book bans across the nation. And poll after poll shows the majority of people, the majority of parents don't want books banned. And part of it, honestly, as a parent, 
I don't need Scholastic or any politician's help in parenting me and my helping me to parent my kids and what books they can read. I'm at the Scholastic Book Fair with my kids. I see what books my kids bring home from the library. I don't need anyone's help uh, on parenting. I'm good, but yet somehow we see the minority of parents, apparently 11 people across the country, think I need help parenting. There's this great meme, and I think your your husband, Casey, is somewhat responsible for spreading it. He's a state legislator right. in, in Ohio, and it talks about, I think, if I'm not butchering it too badly, the quote is, your religion gets to tell you what to do. It doesn't get to tell me what to do. But when it comes to the parents' rights movement, it seems to be an invocation of religion to tell everybody what they can and can't do. That's absolutely right. And to be clear, I am fine with any parent exempting a book for their child. I am not fine with any parent exempting, exempting a book from my child, right? There is a big difference in those two. And yet you have the people trying to exempt books for my child, trying to talk about parents' rights as if their rights as a parent uh, mean the right to parent my child. And that's just not what parents' rights mean. Parents' rights means I get to be the parent not Scholastic, not some politician. And I do feel for Scholastic, they've been put in a really bad position here. And they've been put in a very bad position by a very, very small minority of people across this country, right? And so part of what we need to realize is they're the loudest because frankly, I don't even know how they have that much time to be the loudest on these book bans, but somewhere they do have a lot of time, right? Most parents, the majority don't have that kind of time because we're parenting. Yeah, it, it reminds me of that. And my daughter will never forgive me for messing this up. But that Taylor Swift lyric about, you know, spending all night making that anti-LGBTQ sign. Who has the time to be that hateful? I wonder that all the time. I'm like, where do they find the time for this? I mean, I don't know. I guess why that's why they think like they need Scholastic and the government to help them parent. I don't need Scholastic or the government's help in parenting. But apparently they do because they spend all their time telling other people how to parent. Thanks for listening, everyone. I've got a quick break here, but I need a favor first. Shows like this depend on your support. Please, if you can spare five seconds, click the link to the podcast version of the show below and leave us a five-star review. It really does help. Thanks. I loved your description of opening that Scholastic catalog when you said you got to make the choice. There was just this seemingly endless menu of options. Can you talk about the power of that for uh, a young reader, for kids just entering that world of, of ideas and reading and seeing all that laid out before them? Let's dwell on the positive first, and then I'll have to ask you about what it means when, when kids don't see themselves represented. I mean, I saw it very much. I've heard people say that books can act as windows, right? Where you can look out that window and see another world and see another place. And they were about adventure. And I loved that part of books. But I also know books can act as a mirror, right? So they can reflect back yourself and it helps children to be able to see themselves in books. And I think this is something really important, even for the parents who think diversity isn't for them, right? Because they, they might think, you know, my child is a blonde little white girl. She doesn't need these books about diversity. But I can tell you my daughter's favorite book, actually I have it right here, is Matthew Cherry's Hair Love. 
And the reason it's her favorite book is because she has curly hair and she feels different, right? I didn't realize she felt different because of her curly hair, right? But that book made her see that like, oh, not everyone has the same kind of hair. And then it, there's kind of this thing with your parents and your parents trying to do your hair. But she really strongly connected that this little girl felt different and I feel different. And I think a lot of parents don't realize that when you take those books away, what you're inherently telling your child is it's not okay to be different. It's bad to be different. And if you feel different, you better keep that to yourself. Oh, in some ways, it's even worse than just removing the books from the catalog. When you create this, uh, I'm going to let you describe it because I, I can't really put it into words, but it's just this, this awful feeling of putting these books in a different area. I think uh, Amanda Gorman's video, which you shared with me, Ken, right, where she says this is essentially separate but equal for books and for our libraries, but we already know separate isn't equal. And treating these books as somehow separate because they represent someone who maybe doesn't look like me or they represent someone uh, who's LGBTQ is not equal. And what it does for our kids is it also says, you know what, this is kind of a shameful thing, right? It's the side, it is less than. And then this is something that we should be ashamed of so we shouldn't really talk about it. And what that means is our kids won't have the conversations with us as parents because they should somehow be ashamed of it and hide from it rather than realizing how empowering it is that you know what? Things in the past happen that I don't like, but I can also see how people change them and how I as a person can be empowered to be part of that change to create the world I want to see. Well, th that is exactly what I was trying to put my finger on. Thank you for articulating it so well. Uh, what's coming up next on the Suburban Women Problem podcast? Oh, we just got to talk with Jocelyn Benson, uh, the Secretary of State of Michigan, and all the amazing work that she has done. And she actually gave me a really important tip, right, which I did not realize, is about voter registration, which I've never really liked because I don't have to register for my right to free speech. So why do I have to register to vote if it's my right? If it's my right, it's my right. And I didn't realize that that was one of the things put in place along with poll taxes and everything uh, to deal with trying to disenfranchise minority voters. And I was like, oh, that's so interesting. I wasn't taught that in school. Like, yeah, now I can see why they would like to silo these books and ban them and not talk about these things. Well, Amanda, thanks as always for sharing your insight. We're going to end with that clip of Amanda Gorman. I don't think anyone could say it better than our National Youth Poet Laureate. Here she is. Hello, everybody. It is Amanda. If you haven't heard, Scholastic has announced that for their book fairs across the country, they have created a separate bookcase collection titled Share Every Story, Celebrate Every Voice. But it doesn't feel that way. Let me tell you why. This collection of books are diversity books written most often by authors of color, authors from the LGBTQ community, and authors of the disabled community. And what this case does is creates a collection of books which educators can opt in or opt out of making available to general access for their students. My book was one of the books that is in this new collection. Um, my book, Change Sings with Lauren Long, who I love, as well as other amazing and necessary books about 
civil rights icon Ruby Bridges and also civil rights icon John Lewis. And I think seeing these books that I love excluded in this way from a publisher that I've admired from a while hit home because I was that little eight, nine-year-old kid saving up every single penny I had all year so that I could go to the Scholastic Book Fair, not to buy any book, but to finally buy a book with characters and voices that looked like me and sounded like me as a black girl with a speech impediment. And it's heartbreaking to see this road Scholastic has taken. I get it in a certain extent because thousands of book bans have been launched this year alone. We were seeing a skyrocket rise in legislation that makes it dangerous for educators, librarians, families to make accessible books that have basically been blacklisted. But sequestering and isolating and separating the books that we need more than ever right now is not the way forward. So I implore Scholastic to explore other options, to think strategically and creatively around this conversation of how do we not further censorship, but instead include these authors in our fight against book bans. And if you feel the same way I do, please let your voice be heard to Scholastic. Please visit pen.org action because we need to fight this at the root. This is not an anti-Scholastic video. This is an anti-book banning legislation video. And so please visit that link. I'll put it below to see accessible action steps you can take to have your voice heard that everyone deserves the freedom to read. And if we really want to share every story and celebrate every voice, they need to be on shelves.